Today, Texas defies the Biden regime's cease and desist letter at the border and Nikki Haley's skeletons start coming out of the closet. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Happy Friday. I am Sarah Gonzalez and today's episode is brought to you by First Cup Coffee. This is a Christian owned Patriot coffee company that stands for core values, the same ones that you and I care about, family and building community across the nation. They have freshly roasted beans delivered in ground, whole bean texture, pods and bulk. You can go to firstcup.com, use code Sarah, save an additional 10% off your order. And if you subscribe, save an additional 10% for the life of your subscription. I love First Cup. I drink it at my home. I suggest, highly suggest you guys check them out. Uh, joining me today, we have Eric July, Blaze TV contributor, and of course, founder and owner of Ripaverse Comics, along with Yaku Buyans, Blaze TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line. So, um, I want to get to, I feel like we talk about the border stuff all the time, mm -hmm. but it's also a really big freaking deal <laughs> right now. Um, so the latest is, of course, you know, we've talked about last week, the Texas National Guard had seized Shelby Park, preventing Border Patrol from entering the area that they had previously been using this park to hold and, you know, process these migrants. And I mean, a whole hell of a lot of them. And over the weekend, DHS sent a cease and desist letter to Texas, arguing that the combination of Texas National Guard soldiers, uh, the equipment that they had out, and the physical barriers, I don't know, like razor wire, uh, they said is unconstitutionally restricting Border Patrol access to about two and a half miles of the U.S.-Mexico border. The letter also referred to the death of three migrants who reportedly drowned in the Rio Grande while Border Patrol they say was blocked from giving them life-saving, uh, providing life-saving measures. So the cease and desist letter threatened to refer the matter to the Justice Department for legal action if Texas did not relent by the end of the day Wednesday. Well, yesterday, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, of course, in a very Ken Paxton way, completely defied uh, the federal officials. And this just pushes us more and more towards an eventual SCOTUS ruling on the matter. Here is part of Ken Paxton's press statement. He said, because the facts and law side with Texas, the state will continue utilizing its, its constitutional authority to defend her territory, and I will continue defending those lawful efforts in court. Rather than addressing Texas' urgent need, urgent request for protection, President Biden authorized DHS to send a threatening letter through its lawyers. But Texas has lawyers too, and I will continue to stand up for this state's constitutional powers of self-defense. Now, a little fact check as well on the uh, drowning incident that was mentioned in this cease and desist letter. A new report from the Houston Chronicle cited a top Border Patrol official that said that the three migrants who had drowned had already drowned on Friday before the Texas National Guard seized control of the park. So things are not always as they seem when it's handed down from the Biden regime. You know, we heard this is not the first time that we've heard them lie about something. Remember that uh, Border Patrol agent who was, I believe, eventually fired over the whipping of the migrants. And then that turned out to not be the case. And that didn't stop them from firing uh, this man. But, you know, it's just fascinating because we continue to see um, the polling on this issue. You would think that Biden would go, all right, 
It's election season. It's campaign year. Uh, I've got to do something. I've got to make my people happy. Um, and just 23% of Americans say the government is doing a good job at the border. 75% of Americans think the situation at the border is either a crisis or very serious. Only 7% think it's, quote, not much of a problem. And 63% believe that it should be tougher for immigrants crossing at the border. If there ever was to be a unifying, uh, you know, policy, you would think this would be the one that Biden goes, all right, I need to make these people happy. They're very concerned about this. Let's let's just be a little bit stronger at the border just until campaign season. And then I can secure another term and then you guys can continue your open borders policy. But instead, we see them continue to engage in this showdown with Texas over who has access to these migrants, not to keep them out, but to keep them alive and bring them in because we want them here so badly. It's fascinating to me that he is so tone deaf on this issue. I'll say, no, go ahead, Jack. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You're down there all the time, so yeah, please absolutely. go ahead. No, to the point where 11.30 this morning, I was on the phone with a constitutional lawyer regarding eminent domain, where the Biden administration and the Texas administration are taking territory from private citizens without the protocols of eminent domain, meaning they take your land and they do to it whatever they want to. And this is right outside Shelby Park. So Shelby's where we do a lot of our work. The neighboring ranch, the neighboring farm is a friend of mine's farm. 57 deaths in a single week on this farm. Now, let me paint this picture for you. Where Border Patrol have taken dead bodies and drug them downriver onto this property for the last year and a half. So it's quite rich for them to claim someone died because Abbott wants to secure mm -hmm. the Texas border. Mm -hmm. They've died on your mm -hmm. watch for the last 18 months where mm -hmm. I myself with these hands have found bodies where you bring them down river onto private property and absolutely violate the constitutional rights of American citizens. So they are lying every time they speak. Not sometimes, they lie about it all, Sarah. And good on Ken Paxton, a yeah. friend of the show. Yeah. Stand your ground, buddy. Also the guy who sued Biden the most. Double down, we must. It's not even for Texas at this point. It's for the country. Yeah, yes. Well, and to your point, Yaku, I mean, if you really cared about these people, if you really cared, you would not be encouraging them to make this dangerous journey. You would not be encouraging the cartels to have a, an, an entire industry of human trafficking in which they are being paid uh, to bring people right on over. It is booming over there in Mexico for the cartels and the coyotes. I mean, so it's just fascinating. And so you've got the um, immorality of telling people that they can that they should come here, welcoming them, showing them that if they come here, if they can just get past that pesky razor wire that Texas has put out there, they'll be fist bumped by Border Patrol as they walk right on into the interior of the country. They can live here for like seven years before they even get a court date. If they would just stop giving that message, not only would it keep um, these people safer, but it would also keep America safer. Yeah, I said it. It turns out all of these illegals that are coming in, they're not all just here for a better life. It turns out that a lot of them are criminals and perhaps terrorists that we don't know what they're going to do yet. But here's one story. Uh, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, ICE, apprehended a 31-year-old Haitian national 
Um, yes, it turns out not all of them are Mexicans either. They're coming in from all sorts of places. And he on charges of raping and assaulting a developmentally disabled person in Boston. So here's what happened. He raped a development a developmentally, I can't speak today, disabled person. He was arrested and held in the sanctuary jurisdiction of Dorchester, Massachusetts. And when it was found that he was in the country illegally, ICE placed a detainer request that the sanctuary jurisdiction refused to honor and just released him. Mm -hmm. Just released him. Mm -hmm. ICE found him and rearrested him. And uh, one of the ICE enforcement and removal operations field office directors said disturbingly, and despite our filing an immigration detainer, this individual was released back into the community by the criminal court. So we're talking about keeping the immigrants safer by not encouraging them to make this dangerous journey and keeping Americans safer by admitting we can't just let people in unvetted because it turns out a lot of them may actually go on to commit crimes because, I don't know, they don't uh, respect the law at all because they just got here by breaking the law. Why would they respect any of your other laws? Like, it's just mind-boggling to me that they can just allow this to happen with no shame. I'm more intrigued by, and most, let's say that, intrigued by this conflict between Texas and um, let's the say, call it government. the federal government, yeah. right? Okay. Now, I may differ from a lot of people, let's say, here at the network on, on that because that's a conflict that I welcome. No, I think I, that's a conflict. I agree. Well, I this is the thing. I, I think that people need to start seriously considering, especially these southern, these southern states, right? I, I hate that anytime you talk about the idea of the federal government having power, lessened power or no power, <laughs> for that matter, over a, a, a state, let's say, people immediately start thinking, well, that's impossible. They start thinking things like civil war. They start thinking things like uh, violence and, and, and all of this stuff. And to the points it is that you just made, what direction are we heading in anyway? Mm -hmm. Just being honest, mm -hmm. right? We've already, you, you just talked about dead bodies being all over the place. W wait a minute, what are we talking about where we're heading? We're already there. Yes. Well, we're already there where, where this this uh, this entity that is supposedly well, let's say what they did was monopolize this area known as the border. And they have said that it's theirs, the United States government, that is. And they have said that whatever has to happen, they have to be the ones to handle it. So they try to tie the hands behind the backs of, uh, let's say, all these people within these states to say, well, yeah, we said it's our problem, but if you try to solve it, well, you're, you're now the criminal yeah. um, here. That's always been a screwed up line of thinking. Yeah. But I'm just glad that, at, uh, you know, I'm actually being an optimist today, that I hope not just Texas, but even more states start to understand, like, the federal government is a leech. That, that's all it is that they are. They, they, they are a leech. They will leech off of you when they need you. And when you need them, they will be nowhere to be no, nowhere to be found because they don't actually produce anything. That's the nature of government um, in itself. So it, it's creating this in, in sort of intriguing conversation that people are now starting to consider. Well, does the federal government have our backs? Well, the answer is is no. But you're seeing just how criminal they are that they will try to inflict threaten, let's say that to inflict violence on you if you try to solve the problems that are near and dear and unique, let's say, to you. So Texas has finally said, this has been an issue. We need to be the ones to solve it. 
I hope that this leads to several other issues, not just with immigration, that that's exactly what it is. And that's the line of thinking of really, I'd argue, all the states. That's what I want people to learn from your comment here. It's not just the border. It's your kids' schools. Mm It's the diaper they put on your face. It's what they tell to put in your body. If the federal government is not able to do its job, then let's shrink the federal government to, to be minuscule. Sarah, why will, why will Biden not, you ask, why will Biden not in this political season say, hey, maybe I can get some political will if I just say, look at me, I'm also, he cannot. The allegiance he swore to the World Economic Forum, the billion dollars that the federal government pays to, Catholic charities on the border, on our side of the border, to process the people, and then the billion dollars IOM, the International Office of Migration, paid to Catholic Relief Mission in Mexico. Mm. They are on the take. The federal government, they're a leech. They're also leeching money. We're bleeding money into the pockets of people. That's one NGO. Mm -hmm. There's 200 of them swirling around there that won't, they're not allowed to tell you what they do. You can't see in, there's no accountability. Mm -hmm. It's money, it's a political, they can't turn it around. It's the Titanic. They set this thing in motion with the World Economic Forum, with migration, with one world government, with the cabal, and they want it to hit the iceberg. They want the America as we know it to change fundamentally. They're not gonna protect the world. And to be even furthermore uh, of an, Optimist. I, I just want the American people, the people that are watching this show, to really consider. Even if you let's, you know, we keep it unique to this whole immigration thing. I, I believe that. Well, not I believe. It's just fundamental economics, right? What incentive, historically, right, has Texas had to deal with this problem and be suited to deal with this d- deal with this problem? When you have the federal government basically saying, well, it's us. We're the ones that are supposed to deal with this. This is our one jobs, national security, all this other other bull crap. And then they don't do it. So my argument has always been that if you remove them, you have incentive to find these creative ways to deal with it. And who is going to be better suited to deal with Texas's problems? Texas, Texas. not the federal government. They don't know nothing. They don't know anything about about anything. That's not their job to do. And that's why the federal government, especially as as the United States became more and more populated, right? And uh, even more so, we all here travel. You can go to the state over and you feel like you're in a different country because technically you are. That's just how, how many people are around and how big these geographical areas are. So why do people People think that a bunch of literal crackheads out there in in, in Washington are better suited to deal with the problems way over here in Texas when they don't have to deal with any other consequences. They don't even have an affinity for Texas. Remember, the federal government is made up of other states, 49 other states. They're never going to fight for Texas like Texans will fight for Texas or Tennesseans for Tennessee. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. Ask a guy from New Jersey, from Massachusetts. Yeah. To come fight for Texas? Come on, man. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. Yeah, I, I uh, agree. I welcome the conflict, not for violence, but just because it, we need to set a precedent that we should be in charge of our own business and the federal government can stay out of it. Obviously, that's not what the Constitution intended, right? They, the, the audacity of, I know we got to go to break, but the audacity of the federal government to cite the Constitution in their cease and desist oh letter. Oh, you're unconstitutionally blocking us. Well, as it turns out, your constitutional, uh, you know, responsibility is to protect our borders, not to let them in. So if you want to play the Constitution game and talk about what's unconstitutional, I'm pretty sure that, uh, 
you got, as my kids say, uh, you're the one who started it. <laughs> so we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. But I want to thank our sponsor this segment, uh, Jace Medical. So this past December, I don't know if you guys realize this, drug shortages hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments. I kid you not, my, um, my older son, he went down hard with the flu, and then when his immune system was lowered with the flu, he had a secondary infection of a, it's just a really bad cold and cough. And we went to urgent care, and they gave me a prescription for a medication for his cough. And she said, um, I'm going to give you this prescription, but it's actually like we don't have it. There, It's out everywhere. We don't have it. Um, we can't find any pharmacies who do have it. So if you find one, here's the paper prescription. And I was just like, what? So believe me when I tell you drug shortages are a real thing right now. Doctors are saying they've been forced to make impossible choices, in, including choosing which patients will be prioritized to receive potentially curative therapy. Therapy. This is like the entire reason why Jace Medical exists. They have the Jace case. It's a personalized emergency kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And Jace is continually working to expand their medical offerings. They've even added ivermectin as an option in the Jace case. So buy a gift card for your family or your loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. Get one for yourself. Make sure that you have it in your house. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones, especially during unprecedented times. So make sure that you have that. Be prepared if you need it. You can go to jacemedical.com today. Enter code Sarah at checkout for a discount. That is promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A at J-A-S-E medical.com. GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley has uh, previously explained that she is running for president for her husband. She says, you know, her husband is in the military. I'm doing this for my husband and his military brothers and sisters. They need to know this sacrifice matters. And it turns out uh, reports have come out that uh, Nikki Haley may have, in fact, cheated on her husband several different times. She's being accused of engaging in two extramarital affairs during her gubernatorial campaign. Um, so the affairs were uh, with two gentlemen who both signed affidavits in 2010 alleging that they had had a sexual relationship with Nikki Haley. And it's just fascinating. She, of course, denied it at the time, uh, saying she was 100% faithful to, of course, the father of her two children and husband of 28 years, Michael, who was deployed in Afghanistan with the National Guard in 2012. But GOP insiders are now saying that they were intimately aware of Haley's infidelity as a lawmaker before she was even governor. They described romps Haley had in the back of her Cadillac SUV, uh, sitting on her lover's laps in bars and nights spent together in a in a Columbia, South Carolina duplex. And, it, you know, the list just goes on. So it's just fascinating because I just saw on Twitter earlier She's hitting tr Donald Trump on, uh, Donald Trump lies. This is another lie. Donald Trump lies. And I'm like, you know, I really think if anyone is going to come after Trump on some sort of morals or values uh, or the way he lives his life, you better make damn sure that you haven't been engaging in the same type of behavior that you are accusing him of engaging in because it will all come back to bite you every single time. And so now, um, you know, holier than thou Nikki Haley, I guess, is um, finding out that maybe you should be careful where you throw your daggers. But Nikki, 
lies about a lot of stuff. She sure does. Yeah, and then she creates DeSantis, and then she creates a her, yeah. De, and then she creates a website desantislies.com. Exactly. The well, look, the guilty accusers, the accuser accusers, it's literally the nature of Satan. I mean, she she's caught lying, DeSantis has caught her, Vivek has caught her. What's the deal with these women? I mean, Christy Nome in affairs 14 years as a governor. What what is the deal here? I mean, Definitely do not want any of that in a White House. And yes, yeah. you're right. If you're going to come after Trump like that, um, you make sure yeah, you're, you're barking thing. up the wrong tree. <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't. I don't care for Nikki. I don't like her. I don't. I, I just don't, don't want trust. Her. Her. I don't trust her. I don't want her to be president. Um, but I did not. Well, she was never going to be. That seems well. No, but I did not think that that would have been in her character. They're talking about all of these romps all around town, and I'm like, really? She, I don't that know. Is she, that she, is surprising. It seems it, right? like, like it, it look, seems it's alleged, of, right? but it seems like it's a lot, right? It may be I mean, a... There's sworn affidavits. Gigantic character flaw, right? I mean... Yeah, that just seems... Feel for her husband, big time. Serving the country. I mean, look, what say you, mister? I mean, look, I, I don't know how detailed the receipts are, and I, you know, I don't... They're sworn affidavits I, I by get these it. people. I get it, you know, but, you know, I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt with stuff like that because, you know, people get to talking about stuff and ac- accusations and, and, uh, and all that. And, of course, when you are in, you know, you're running for public office, people are digging for whatever they can find. Um, Hold on. Let me, let me add some context yeah, yeah, here, yeah. okay, because there's a sworn affidavit um, Let's see. Uh, this is Will Folks stating he and Haley on a night in 2007 engaged in an inappropriate physical relationship that included numerous instances of inappropriate sexual contact. Uh, and then the following year, Larry Merchant, a Columbia lobbyist, wrote a sworn statement that he had dinner, drinks and sex with Haley in her room at a Salt Lake City conference in 2008. He was also married at the time and later divorced. And in the divorce papers, his wife cited the alleged Haley affair. In the divorce papers. Yes. That's pretty credible. Well, yeah. So, so it's not just well, one guy. No, no, it's no, apparently no, like no. Right, Nikki right, Haley right. Uh, is and the old saying is, you know, showing her goods to all the, to all the men in town. Well, I know. Yeah, smoking, smoke, whether smoked is, you know, fire type of situation. And wow. yeah, look, <laughs> politicians, man, they're sleazy and slimy. Um, we've learned that. Uh, even the ones that, hell, maybe especially the ones that present themselves like they are the most moral uh, uh, of them all. And yeah, that may be a little sort of unexpected. How much is that going to ruin our campaign? I don't know, because I, I can't even get over the appeal. I don't know the appeal. I don't really understand sure, it. And yeah. it was still, she's second and third. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I don't I don't even know any person. Personally, I don't know anybody that's like rah-rah for, for her. So I start to think shenanigans either. either. I, start to, I start to think shenanigans when I start to see stuff like that. Yes, yes. But, you know, yeah. I, I get it. The world doesn't revolve around myself and my vision and my opinion. It's kind of maybe out of sight, out of mind well, uh, thing. I don't know. I don't get it either. I have never met in person a Nikki Haley supporter. Don't know who they are. Don't know whether or not they exist. But I want to throw in one more skeleton coming out of the closet here. A tweet from Benny Johnson who said, Trump accuser E. Jean Carroll is financially backed by Democrat mega donor Reed Hoffman. You know who else is backed by Reed Hoffman? Nikki Haley. So it turns out Reed Hoffman donated $250,000 to Nikki Haley's super PAC and also donated nearly $760,000 to Joe Biden's reelection effort. These are the people who are supporting Nikki Haley. Remember, Democrats. That, yeah, that was one of the biggest uh, uh, hits 
that DeSantis had on Haley was who she's taking money from. Right. And she's like, I'll take money from anybody. Right, right. She didn't even shy away from it. I'll take money from anybody. And, and, and DeSantis was even kind of stunned. He's like, because he knows it comes with strengths. Everything, is, yeah. everything has a price. You know? I mean, this is not, <laughs> yep. this is not for nothing, you know. And so uh, it, it, if we walk into a restaurant right now, for her to be second or third in the race for president, then a third of that room, sh some should at least say, yes, I'm a Nikki Haley supporter. Can't find him. So I cry shenanigans big time. Yeah, it's I the just, party loading yeah. up against the I don't know where it is. It's somebody. I've never seen Sarah. it. I mean, I'm saying I, I mean, hope so because but every single time. But I also tell you, we got a vice president that got 1%. Right, <laughs> right, right. Okay. Well, but because literally what, what you guys are talking about, I, I, th I do think it's an important conversation to have because every time I watch her in a debate, I'm like, well, she sure didn't do herself any favors. And then I see the polling come out and it's like higher every time. Concerning. Yeah, it gets a little bit higher like and I'm like, did we watch the same thing? I don't know. I don't know where they're at. And maybe it is a case of um, per people that are generally maybe... Democrats, because of all of the candidates, they seem to favor her. Yeah. People that, that, that lean more so to that side. They um, did in Iowa. Um, yes. Steve so, Dace had said that there were de the Democrats yeah. were showing she up. Still came in, she still so came in below DeSantis, which yeah. I called. Right. And Trump came in above 50 yes. percent, which I called, yes. too. I mean, so, so the numbers were. F yeah, the numbers were massive. But yeah, it's right. yes, it's 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 kind of. Weird to see. Like I say, I try to be more empathetic to the idea that, yeah, the world doesn't revolve around me and sure, I may be out, you know, definitely with what we do here at The Blaze, we're, we're, we're always talking to mm -hmm. people definitely within the political landscape. And I've never, ever met a met DeSantis supporter. I've never met any Nikki Haley uh, supporters. I've met actual Vivek supporters. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, a lot of them. Uh, never, never yeah. have I met a, again, maybe it is just. I'm not seeing it. Well, it may be on I'm the not left. seeing it. It may be on the left because we don't interact with those crowds. That, 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 that could be it. Why that we could don't be know it. them is because it's coming from the that, that could be it. That could be it. So there's been a lot of talk about Donald Trump's VP pick, and a lot of people have been speculating that he was going to pick Nikki Haley. Uh -oh. Now, it's fascinating. Yeah, that would be a disaster. No it's fascinating um, because I want to play... Donald Trump just recently on Fox News uh, just basically saying Nikki Haley could not handle that position. So I, maybe he has finally ruled that out once and for all. Here's Trump. Something Ron DeSantis or Nikki or anybody else, if they were in my position, if they were here, they would have been hit just as hard. These people play tough, much tougher than the Republicans play. And the Republicans have to get tougher. But Nikki would, I know Nikki very well. She worked for me for a long time. She would not be able to handle that position. She would not be able to handle the onslaught. With all of that being said, within the Republican Party, I want to bring unity. And within the nation, I want to bring unity. Can I say something about the VP pick? Hard to walk that back, yeah. Well, she's also an opponent. And people say, well, he's saying that because she's an opponent. She's not an opponent. She's not a threat to his no. campaign whatsoever. He's being honest. The guy's being honest. Watch Ben Carson for VP. Mm. Interesting. That's the word I'm getting on the street. It would make sense because he needs someone that's he's not brash, that won't statesman. overshadow him. He's a statesman. That, he's well-spoken. Uh -huh. Well-spoken. Well spoken. Very thoughtful. Ultra-thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't need energy in the room. Right. Just, it was here. I said it. I heard Ben Carson, VP. I think Trump's leaning in that direction. Interesting. Yeah. Well... 
where are we putting money on it? I've got funds right here. <laughs> we'll put we're... all that on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's go ahead and take a, uh, another quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, this segment, Relief Factor. So for those of you who, you know, maybe you're living in pain because uh, you were in a car accident. I, I was, and I screwed up a bunch of discs in my neck, so I know what it's like to live in constant pain. Maybe you got tennis elbow or arthritis, whatever the case may be. I know you know what it's like when you just constantly have this nagging pain and you're living through life and you're trying to push through, but you're, it just affects you, right? Maybe you've lost your patience at your kids or maybe you're just grumpy with your spouse. I'm telling you, if you have not yet tried Relief Factor, please, please, please try it. It's worked for me. It's worked for Glenn Beck here. It's worked for Yaku's mom. Yes. Within what, days? Three days. Within three days, it started working for her. There are millions of people across the country that share that same success story. But what they do say is within three weeks, you are going to know whether or not it's going to work for you. Um, and what I suggest that you do is go online, order their three-week quick start. It's 19.95, And many people, like Yaku's mom, they start feeling relief within literal days. A lot of people say, two weeks, and I felt like I was, you know, 20 again. I'm telling you. Try it. They also have a feel better or your money back guarantee. So you have nothing to lose over at relieffactor.com. Get that three-week quick start over at relieffactor.com. Georgia state judge overseeing the election interference case against former President Donald Trump has now scheduled a hearing to hear evidence regarding accusations that Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis and her lead prosecutor engaged in an improper relationship and mishandled public funds. So if you recall, uh, Fannie is the one behind this whole election interference garbage case over in Georgia, and she alleges that Trump and 18 co-defendants lied in a criminal racketeering enterprise in which he and all other defendants, quote, knowingly and willfully joined a conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the 2020 presidential election in Georgia, end quote. Now, Nathan Wade has been named as the special prosecutor by Fannie Willis, and we've gone over some of the rumors that uh, exist that he and Fannie Willis are engaging in an affair which led her to p even pick him. She's paid him like $650,000, um, far more than any of the other attorneys on the case. And it's fascinating because his law firm website, when you go that, talks about his experience in civil litigation, car accident, family law cases. But there's no evidence that exists that he's actually ever prosecuted a felony case. So, again, I go back to talking about Nikki Haley and Trump. Probably don't come after Trump unless you have all of your affairs in order, pun intended, because now the judge is going to hear evidence on this chick. So maybe there is hope that this will start to unravel with the more that they are digging into the DA rather than Donald Trump. But I just like a little, you know, a little karma. A little case of karma. And we'll see what happens. Um for sure. But Eric, I'm trying to I be get it. optimistic. And I was, I was optimistic earlier about this type of stuff because this is them trying to like investigate themselves uh, exactly. and the people that they're in cahoots with. That's when I'm like, I, I, I don't know because are they really going to um, 
uncover like what needs to be uncovered because look it's a dirty game man politics is dirty that's the one thing i do believe that a lot of these shows right that you see uh dramas on tv and stuff get really right about how grimy and just sleazy and dirty like politics and and um yeah, definitely uh courts and all that are they are dirty i don't know maybe it was the civ uh civics classes that we took growing up where we are Guys, kind of beating your brain a little early that these institutions are so awesome and nobody would ever use those to abuse, uh, uh, definitely go after their enemies politically or, uh, or otherwise. Mm. Absolutely, they will. They've been doing it historically. And the more you start actually digging, you'll find something. So it kind of works out because who knows? Prosecution, every, everybody that's in on on the, the grimy stuff that happens, especially in these in, in these courts. It's almost like they're holding guns to each other, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody know you're doing something dirty, and it's like at any given time, you know I could I could, I could uncover stuff some stuff. They got stuff yeah. on each other. Maybe that's the game that's actually being played. Then you start to look at, oh, you did something I didn't like, or, or you didn't do what I needed you to do. Oh, why don't we start un un uncovering some things? So, you know, it's a dirty, dirty, dirty game, man. It, I, wanna, I wanna put up the... Um... <laughs> This article here, Fannie Willis accuses estranged wife of special prosecutor of interfering with Trump election interference case. So she says that uh, this is an attempt by this man's estranged wife to damage and harass her professional reputation. She accuses this estranged wife, Joycelyn Wade, of having conspired with interested parties in the criminal election interference case to use the civil discovery process to annoy, embarrass, and oppress the district attorney. Um, which is fascinating because if she was just telling the truth, I don't know how this would damage her reputation at all. If she, was, if she had, had a subpoena, had to cooperate, had to testify, if everything you're doing is on the up and up. Should be no problem, Fanny. If it turns out that you were uh, money laundering taxpayer funds to your boyfriend to take you on fancy trips while his estranged wife sat at home, that might be a problem. Might be a problem, Yaku. Yeah, not so smart to bring a guy into the case that's never had this type of case, they, they always... They're so they, arrogant, this though. Is not they even, never yeah, think, I was about they to say, never this think is they're not even get like Hansel and Gretel dropping breadcrumbs. They leave <laughs> these yes. gigantic footprints, like dinosaur footprints. We were here. Yes. We violated the law. What you gonna do about it? And then they challenge you and say, because the ones that would have to come up after us are with us. Yeah, right. they're with us. And, right. And, and you know, again, we, we, know, we all know each other's doing dirty stuff. It's like, who, who, who want to pull the trigger now? It's yeah, a game of chicken. First. Right. It's a game of chicken uh, is, is what it is. That, that has to be, I couldn't imagine being in no situation like that, where it's like, y'all all know y'all up to no good. All of y'all up to no good. Let's be honest. It's just some people are better playing the game uh, than others. But, you know, uh, there's a God out there. I, uh, you're you're, you're going to get me started. I mean, everybody <laughs> is all Epstein, Epstein. They got rid of Epstein. Okay, he knew too much. He had too much tape. They got rid of Weinstein in Hollywood. It wasn't us catching Weinstein. Hollywood offered up Weinstein. It was the New York Club. It was the, the vanguards of the world and the Black Rocks and the celebrities that said, this dude is getting so powerful that if he moves, we all go. So send him. <laughs> Somebody's got to take the send fall. Send him. <laughs> 
Um, real quick before we have to go, <clears throat> even the Daily Beast has, Fannie Willis has lost the Daily Beast. When you've lost the Daily Beast, mm-hmm. you are not on the right track. They put up an article that said, why we can't just shrug off the Fannie Willis scandal. And um, they, they categorized it under looks really bad, which is right there, if you guys can show that. Um, it looks really bad. So, okay. Well, apparently we're having technical difficulties there. We should shrug off their scandals. It's a nothing. Well, they said why we can't just shrug it off. So you have the Daily Beast that's even saying we need to look the into Beast this said, woman. No, but they want because to that's a conflict of interest yeah. that yeah. would require her dismissal. So. Exactly. Oh, boy. You've lost the Daily Beast, Fanny. I, <laughs> you are in big trouble. Big trouble. we got to take a big quick trouble. break. We'll be right back. Some breaking news today. A grand jury in New Mexico has indicted Alec Baldwin on a charge of involuntary manslaughter. This is, of course, reviving the criminal case against him in the fatal shooting of a cinematographer more than two years ago on the set of the film Rust when a gun he was rehearsing with went off. Now, this is fascinating language that the New York Times uses when a gun he was rehearsing with went off. I am sure that they are using that language, especially because it's what Alec Baldwin himself said, that he did not pull the trigger. It just randomly went off. But uh, that, be that as it may, the grand jury has decided differently. And it's fascinating because I, I don't, I really thought that he was going to just Walk out into the sunset without well, facing the charges got dropped. He I mean, did. That's a whole nother. The initial charge was dismissed. Yeah, th- that that which terrifies me. By the way, I just I mean that's a whole nother another issue. Like, all right, you can drop the charges. Oh, wait a minute, we changed our minds. That I, I've never liked that about um pros- uh, little prosecution. Nonetheless, if there is an actual act of aggression here, you want to deal with it. And so I, I get the other the other side of this. But yeah, to your point, Sarah. They were dropped. They, they they once were like dropped, and I thought this man was he was good. Mm. And that's something I don't know what happened. Something must have been shown to him. I know we got this grand jury situation, but something must have been something's there. I, I mean, for them to like go from just dropping it mm-hmm. to being like, no, oh, wait a minute, you come 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 back here. We we we're gonna have to deal with this. So this one is an interesting one, and I know that there are some people who say. Um, we, it's not his fault because there is an armorer there who is supposed to make sure that there aren't any live rounds in the gun. And my point is, I do think the blame can be shared. I think there, there is enough blame to go around. I'm not saying that the armorer is not somewhat culpable, but you don't point a gun and pull the trigger at someone without checking it yourself. Like that is just rule number one of being in charge and responsible for a gun. And although, as I mentioned earlier, he maintained that he did not pull the trigger when the gun was fired, a forensic report commissioned by the prosecution determined that he had to have pulled the trigger for it to go off. Like, it didn't just magically go off by itself. It was him. So This is a revolver, the actual carbon copy of the revolver, as a film director on set, and I've I've directed films with guns on the set, and there's... Ice goes through your veins every day. You triple check. Right. The armorer checks. Then, then the first AD, the assistant yeah. director checks. Then the director gets a nod. Yes, it's clear. It's clean. Then the actor, at the end of the day, you who hold the weapon, it is your responsibility as an actor to check the chamber, the revolver, check the duds, the blanks that they're supposed to be shooting. So, yes, the blame should run all the way down the daisy chain. 
Mm. A person lost their life. No case should be dropped when a person loses their life. Mm. Right? There was all shenanigans going on there. And, and the evidence was there from the start. They fired weapons, live rounds at targets yeah. on the set two nights before. Guns were unlocked. There was alcohol and guns on the set at the same time. There were numerous complaints on that set running up to the unions for unsafe environment, mm -hmm. people shooting guns. There's a lot of blame to a lot of people, right? And I don't think he sits in jail. I don't think that happens. Mm. But it is very interesting. After the Hollywood elite did what they do to get it dropped, that they that they that they force the family. I mean, where's the family in this? Where's, I, see, I, I hate to be look, I, man. I get it. There's a, a loved one is dead. Right. Well, yeah, I, like you know, I get it. It's and another guy shot. Uh, and so, and so yeah, I mean, but it's back up. So maybe the family's like, no, this is not right. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That who, who knows, enough man? Enough evidence. Who knows, man? Like, you know, I hate to be the conspiracy guy here, but. Do you hate it? No, I don't. <laughs> it's, just, it's just cliche. Let's just say they are a libertarian. Of course, he thinks everything's a damn conspiracy, is what people would but look it, at. It's just that it usually is. <laughs> That's also true. It's just, again, when, I, when something like that happens, I'm, I'm, my mind immediately goes to, okay, what's the angle here? Mm -hmm. Drop charges. Mm hmm. We went a long period of time. Who made that happen? Yeah, and then they got brought back. Yeah, it's actually been exactly one year. Yeah, man, that's, that's an eternity, man. That's an yeah. With someone being dead, with yeah. someone being dead, that's an eternity, man. And it's not like a case of we got to find the guy or no. You know, you know who's who was directly right. involved. You know, well, all the parties. Know. Eyewitness. Yeah, you got every everybody knows who was at least a part of it. And to go that long yeah. with a person being dead. And now to say, wait a minute, we're going to charge you. Some so I think what their I think their excuse, at least surface level, is that this forensic report that came back that showed that he had to have pulled the trigger for it to go off prompted them to like revive the case. But you would think that they wouldn't have dropped it until they got those results right. back but, in the but, first place. But, but Sarah, still, there's a family, there's a civil. You mean yeah. they figured out guns don't shoot themselves? <laughs> I mean, I mean, how does well, this that speaks, to, that speaks to more of the incompetence, exactly. the exactly. bigger conversation <laughs> yeah. of the nation, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Can we all agree off. now that the gun just doesn't magically fire. It takes mean, a person to do that, and maybe it's a people problem and not a gun problem. Yeah. That makes too much sense, I guess. And when you think of the mechanics of a revolver, you can cock the hammer back, you can lock the hammer. I mean, you got to pull that trigger. And it's a long pull. Look, it should never have been dropped. There was shenanigans there. Yeah. Yeah. Something there yeah. happened. Yeah. Pay the family, make them go away. These people that and now it's back. Yeah. Somebody's digging though, and Some's, I like that. Something's going Someone on. Someone is. Yeah, that's true. Someone's digging. And, I like that. And by the way, we got to go to break. But he, there, it does. It could carry a penalty of up to 18 months in jail. So. Yeah, because it is involuntary manslaughter. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're prefacing that because I don't want the people to think like he's just about to rot in prison or something. That's probably no. not going to happen. No. Yeah. No. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. But I mean, Alex is not going to jail at all. I'd be surprised. I would be shocked. Well, there's good news. Apparently, social distancing is no longer like a thing that we need to do anymore because uh, over at the World Economic Forum in Davos this week, uh, here was their version of entertainment. Watch. I want my one 
And she's, she is just coughing and blowing it in their faces. Just right up in all these leaders' face. Just right there. I mean, you want to talk about six feet. This is like... Talk about some... Less than six inches. Some spell casting. That's some, what some I'm thinking. Some kind of a ritual here, man. That's what you, I'm You come thinking. close to me there, I'm like, whoo, Heisman. Bah! Stiff arm in the chest, five feet, get away. Social distance, I thought we're distancing. But that's right, Fauci said it wasn't really a thing. There was no science behind that's it. It's true. It just happened, you know? That's true, that's true. It didn't true. just happen. Yeah, but nobody's in prison. Well, so, okay, but, so for the next pandemic that happens to come around during this election year, we will know who patient zero was. Is, is that woman. You mean X, the X virus? Yeah. Is that what it is? Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.